good evening. Junior Senior 2 Views is back on. Episode 136 is back at you. we got a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the first question. I'll give this to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is John Jones the best all-around fighter in the UFC right Absol- now? Absolutely he is. I think the discussion is over. I think it's done. The way he dismantled Cyril Gan at UFC 285 was just something... I was just shocked by it. Like, he's, he's been out for three years now. The last fight he had was at light heavyweight against Dominic Reyes. And a lot of people was like, mm, he didn't really deserve to win that one. Um, And he's come back to heavyweight. A lot of people thought he was going to fight Francis Ngannou. But Francis is not in the UFC now. He left. Hmm. His next fight is going to be against the heavyweight GOAT, Stipe Miocic. That's going to be a damn good fight. But... He is, in my opinion, the greatest ever. Um, if we're including PEDs and stuff like that, he's the greatest ever. And I, the best comparison for those who don't watch UFC, um, the best comparison I have with, for John Jones is Barry Bonds. Um, both are the greatest ever if we're including PEDs and stuff like that. Mm. Because just both have been able to just do things that no one else has ever done in their respective sports. Hmm. Um, and yes, both um, ha- potentially had chemical help. One was confirmed to have con- uh, chemical help in his system. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's an, it's an interesting thought exercise, but if we're including everything like PEDs, John Jones is the greatest. If we're not, then it's George St. Pierre. Okay. So, you know, he's away for boxing, for, he's away for fighting for a while, sorry, yeah. not boxing itself. He's been away from the game, but I think some of the things to identify, some of his achievements, I didn't even realize this about John Jones. The most UFC title wins, 15. He's a heavyweight champion now. He's been a light heavyweight champion, so that tells me he's very, it makes him very unique. Mm-hmm. He's able to move around in weight classes, which makes him pretty good. The youngest UFC champion and, and a light heavyweight champion as well. Yeah, his, his, I think the fact that he's been able to be off and then come back and then take care of business in a in an industry that is constantly moving. Yeah, like, and I think it's very finite too. Just from from just from the standpoint of UFC being what it is, you know, the the, the longevity is is not it's not all out there. The thing is, these uh, guys they have a yeah. you know they get hurt and they're gone. The thing is though, since he's left the light, since he hasn't fought in the light heavyweight division, yeah, that division. Has been sort of a power vacuum. Yeah, you've had people like um, Ankalaev, uh, Glover, uh, Glover Teixeira, uh, Jamal Hill is the current light heavyweight uh, champ. Uh-huh. Uh, Jiri Prashara, like those guys have been vying for that title. But it's an it's light heavyweight's always been sort of a vacuum, a, a power vacuum since he's left, which I just think speaks to how dominant he was at light heavyweight. He cleared out that division. Yep. He And he wasn't fighting scrubs. He fought the best of the best. He took out Shogun Hua. He took out Lyoto Machida. He took out the best in that era. Yep. All while right. he was still very young. Okay, moving yep. on. Uh, your question to me. All right. What now for the Jets as Derek Carr signs with the Saints? Well, now they are going to, I guess, um, go hat in hand. Uh, they are flying into California next week. Uh, Robert Sala and Woody Johnson will be doing prayers at the bed, praying, hoping, and wishing to make um, 
Aaron Rodgers the bell of the ball. And then the original OG, Joe Namath, I think will parachute into Aaron Rodgers' house with the number 12 and bequeath him the, the 12 jersey for the Jets. So, I mean, Derek Carr signing with the Saints wasn't too surprising. He probably said to himself, well, I'll better myself. And for the Saints, this is good. Because I'm just thinking about the Saints for a second. They're in a division where there are no quarterbacks. So they're like, well, we're good. So for the Jets, it's kind of Aaron Rodgers a bust. It's funny. Zach Wilson has has sent these fools pining for Rodgers bad. You got Sauce Gardner out here burning the cheese head that he stole from Lambeau, begging, begging Rodgers to come. Of course. This is just, this is insanity. I have never seen a whole franchise beg and plead for for a player to come. It's cautionary to me because you're going to give up something. Like, Green Bay is, look, Green Bay is happy. Green Bay is happy. Basically, this is the thing. Either way, I don't see Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. Not for the money that's on the table. I've said it before. If he does leave, I don't think this changes anything. I mean, the Jets have to go to the playoffs. I don't think they go very far. Because it's still a very long road to even start talking about Jets and Super Bowl in the same sentence. So, I think that this is going to be hard for the Jets. They're going to give up a lot for a very short window. And I get it. Yeah, it's tough because you don't know. But I have one name on the list. Just as a side note, and I said it to Rob the Boy Monroe, and I'm sure he's going to be listening to this podcast. I said, "What about Baker Mayfield?" And he <laughs> laughed. But he laughed, and it's not that funny. Actually, think about it. Baker Mayfield's not a not a horrible option. But you need to have a team around Baker for him to do well. Well, you, need you have to, some pieces. You need. You have Garrett Wilson. Get another wide receiver. And you, you have you get you get you get Brees, Bryce Hall back healthy. It's not a bad team. Yeah, but you I just are, think it's you just also, you also have uh, an offensive line which is paper mache. Well, they need I mean, help on that. Eli- Elijah Vera Tucker has been injured a lot. Makai Becton has been injured a ton since his rookie season. And I feel bad because Makai Becton, I love him. I think he's a fantastic. This player. is what's going to happen. The Jets are going to miss out on Aaron Rodgers, and then they're going to sign Ryan Tannehill. Let's move oh on. God, That's exactly that, what's going to oh happen. I see it. The tea leaves are telling me. All right. All right. Next question for you. Uh, to our Giants. Yep. Happy that Daniel Jones has finally signed up as quarterback. Look. He's agreed. Look, when I saw four years, all the blood drained from my face initially. But then I saw two years. Yeah, then I su- yeah. saw two I know. years guaranteed. I know. And I'm like, okay. I know. Two years guaranteed. Yes. I can live with that. Yeah. I, I was begging just two years. Yeah. But look, four years, two years guaranteed. After what I saw the Seahawks give Geno. I'm like, yeah, they're going to be giving Jones a lot. Uh-huh. So they gave him what he was looking for, but two two years guaranteed is fair. Uh-huh. You know, it's fine. Okay. I just hope they tag Saquon. I just don't. And, and they also release Galladay. They have yeah, thirty. Cutting some, they have yeah. thirty-three million dollars in cap space. Yes. Either one of Saquon or Dexter Lawrence will be leaving. Okay. And I think it will most likely be Saquon. That will be departing. It sucks, um, but they have to re-sign Dexter Lawrence. I think okay. he's more important to the team than, than Saquon, and it sucks for me to admit that because Saquon is basically our entire offense. But running backs nowadays can be found easily. Okay, so I think it had to be structured in a way that didn't financially impose on the Giants. There were options here. 
they could have waited till July for reportedly mm-hmm. and offered him thirty two nine, but that's thirty two nine straight up out of the out of the money that they're holding on to. Yeah. So it would have affected them financially. This gives them a little more leeway. And I know, I get it. Rob the boy Monroy, I'm mentioning him again. He told me, and he had an interesting stat. In sixty games played, Daniel Jones has thrown I think about fifty four touchdowns. Not a great average. But I get it. Look. But I also get the Maras. This is yeah. still old school family. They don't want a lot of chaos at quarterback. They could have, the Giants could have said, let's not sign him. Let's look around elsewhere. You got Dable, the coach of the year. You want you want stability. Yeah. You got Shane as the as a GM. You got Daniel Jones. I think it's a decent move. I believe that if he gets a few pieces on the offensive side, namely in wide receivers, who yeah. can match up well, well with him and be, help. Speaking of which, they're going to be attending um, Odo Beckham Jr.'s workout. Ugh, why? So, Come on. Those days are long gone. Odell Beckham Jr. is similar to, like, the wide receiver for Dallas. I forgot his name. What? Who? Just leaves me. Forget it. It's not even worth talking about. Gallup. Not Gallup. Well, years ago. Des Bryant. Yeah. Des Bryant. Des Bryant Bryant was washed up and no one wanted him. And I think that's the same for OBJ. All right, moving on. Is it it possible for the Redcliffe Dolphins to finish in the the top eight in the NRL? It seems likely they beat up on the Roosters. (laughs) They got their first win as 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 an expansion franchise in the NRL. The great wizard himself, Wayne Bennett, Bennett, who doesn't lose anywhere. Look, it's the NRL's, uh, I believe... Fourth foray into Queensland. Yep, why um, not? Keep it running. Um, I look. I actually don't. I, I think it's very possible that this team finishes in the top eight. Just because here's the thing about Wayne Bennett that you got to understand. Doesn't lose. He, he wins everywhere. He has always gotten more out of less. But he you, wins everywhere. Yeah. You think about. You think about. When, St. George when won. He, when he was at the Dragons, won. they were an underachieving franchise. Now they're back to where they started from. Yeah, with amazing players before he got there. And he took them to two straight minor premierships and won the whole thing. Yes. He went to the the Knights and took them, a depleted aging core, Uh to the prelims in 2013. They didn't win it all. Yeah, they they didn't win it all, but they they went on a deep run. Yes, then went. And then... He went back to the Broncos yep. and took them to the grand final where yes. they lost in the greatest grand final ever. And then? And then... Went to the he, Rabbits. Then he went to the Rabbits and, and elevated won. that core. And won. Went to the grand final, didn't win it, and then went... But before that, also took... Perceived as the worst Queensland State of Origin team ever and won the series. He won with the Rabbits. Yeah. No, won, won with did. Queensland in State of Origin. Well, he won with and the Rabbits. No, he, no, he didn't. In 2014, no. who was the coach? No, of the no, 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 no. That was okay. Michael Maguire. Oh yeah, Maguire. But, oh yeah. But oh man, Maguire. Here, here's the thing. Um, so I believe that Bennett's going to elevate this team. And you think about the pieces they have. Jermaine Sacco is amazing. The hits, the hits that Kavusi has been putting on this year, he's got something to prove. Mm-hmm. I like this the, the team that they're building. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get a lot of really good juniors mm. because of their connection with Redcliffe. Right. They're going to get a good farm system very, very quickly. Watch your eyes on that space. So just as a side note, looking at the NRL, just a quick snap, who gets the wooden spoon this year? Um, Dragons. Everyone's it's I, Bulldogs. It's, it's not. I think Bulldogs will do well. Really, I think it's probably going to be a two horse race. Dragons between and Tigers. Dragon the Dragons 
and the Tigers. Oh, okay. The, I don't care about the free agency moves that the that the Tigers made. Y'all are got trash. I got Abby. Y'all stink. Okay. All right. Yeah. Moving All right. On. Moving on. Okay. I'll give this question to you. Mm-hmm. What does the placing What does placing the non-exclusive franchise tag say to Lamar Jackson from Ravens management? Kick rocks. That's what it says. That's what it says. That's my line. Absolute. That's he's Kick not. Rocks he is my is line. Not playing Find your own line. If, if Jones is getting forty million, he is not playing on thirty-two million. It's not guaranteed, and no other team wants him because you seen the amount of teams that rejected him. You mm. seen the amount of teams? That's collusion. That's true. You can't tell me that's not collusion. All those owners are talking to each other. Hey, let's not reset the quarterback market by giving this guy fifty million plus. Like, come on, that's straight up collusion. This dude deserves his money. The amount of, of elite seasons he's put up for the Ravens and their archaic, archaic coaching staff. He deserves his money. He deserves his bag. And the look, the non guaranteed thing is ridiculous because no other team wants him. They don't want to reset the market. Why put him on a non-guaranteed then? Uh, well, for the Ravens, I guess it makes sense because if no other team wants him, then he just comes back and plays on $32 million. But if a team if, if a team wants him, mm-hmm. they have to give up two first-round picks and pay him. Yep. So, um, I Look, it's, it's a tricky one. And I think if your management, and I'm just thinking, I'm I'm putting my head, my feet squarely in the shoes of management for this one. And my thoughts are that you're thinking about the last couple of seasons that Lamar Jackson has been injured and has not played, which has impacted the team greatly in the playoffs. Period. That's it. And I think it's a question of his durability. And I don't, I'm not against this completely. I think that all Lamar Jackson should do is play ball. I, I get it. I get it. He's not entirely happy, but if he shows that he can stay on the field and perform at a high level, you never know which team will turn around and say, hey, what about that? Now, I mentioned, I'm mentioning Rob the Boy Monroe again, because again, we had a d- discussion, and he thinks the Jets should go after Lamar Jackson. <laughs> But and, the th- and 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 that's not going to happen because on a side note, I can't see the Jets deciding to go with Lamar Jackson. And if you're going to do that, you get rid of Jack Wilson because in a couple of years' time, you have to renegotiate a contract for him. His rookie contract will end. So they, I think they still have hopes for him. Uh, but back to Lamar Jackson, I don't see this being a terrible move if he can just be a professional about it and go and play. I think that the management has always been wary of his health. He hasn't stayed healthy. He really hasn't. Do you uh, do you think his lack of presence made a difference this season? You're damn right it did. it did. Of course it did. So he needs to stay on the field and play. And I get he thinks it would be a, a, a smack in the face. He's getting paid $32 million. Jones is getting $40 million. Gino is getting more than him. He deserves the money. I get it. So then go on there and do it. Because yeah. if you do it and you impress... Because, look, and that's the case. We know that management said, we want Lamar. He yeah. is built for that team. I don't know if he's built they somewhere built else. Their entire I can't see him. him built somewhere else. I can't see him being on the Jets or any other team and being that right fit. So you know what? They're gonna have to. You know, some team has to pay him. There's no way. Like you can't tell me this is isn't collusion. That these um, these all of these teams have 
done this at the exact same time. And he could walk. That being the case, he could say, I don't want to play. He could sit out. He could say, well, he could to, hold out. to management, I, I, I'm I, not going to play. I pose that to you as a potential um, situation that he, he holds out. He could hold I out really and then wait till somebody else makes a deal. Either way, Baltimore's going to get something for it because he still belongs whoa, whoa, to Whoa, that's why they gave, gave him the non-guaranteed um, franchise. Yep. So they can possibly get a two first-rounders back for him. No team's going to be two first-rounders, but okay. it's collusion. I right. won't be told otherwise. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> that's yours to me. Uh, should respect finally be given to the Knicks, who had a nine-game winning streak? You damn skippy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And let me tell you yes, something. They, sh- they should be. They it's, should. It, I get it. It's the 50th anniversary of the last championship they won, and blah, blah, blah. I have seen it all as a Knicks fan. I've been through the pain. I decided the other day to watch Game 5 of the 1993 playoffs against the Bulls. The infamous Charles Smith five-block <laughs> five putback. And that was painful. Why did you put yourself through that? Because you have to feel the pain. There's been pain. The Isaiah Thomas years. The, the trade for Antonio McDice. There's some humdingers out there. But what are you doing now? You're doing what you have to do. Despite the fact that James Dolan is a nutbag with his, you know, facial recognition technology floating through MSG. He's crazy. But you know what? He's writing the checks and staying out of their business. Yeah. So that's what he's doing. He's keeping quiet. I so I think the Knicks are scary. They beat the Celtics twice during that not that 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 streak. They had, they lost to the Kings. You know, they lost to Sacramento by five. But the, I don't think the Knicks are a scary matchup in the first round. Yeah. That's what I can say. Respect all the way I, to the Knicks. I agree. And the summertime, I, there are a lot of free agents. I, don't be surprised if we get a couple of free agents. There's I, a lot of free agents. I very much agree that the Knicks should be given their respect. They are playing some incredible ball right now. I don't quite know how in the hell. Because we were talking about Tom Thibodeau's seat. Being on searing oh, coals at the start of the season. He's figured and, out a nine-man rotation. And now he decides, you know what? I'm finally going to play the young guys that I have. But not even that. He's got a nine-player game, nine player rotation. You haven't seen Evan Fournier on the, on the, on the court because he doesn't, he doesn't play defense. Are paying him again? I know, but he doesn't play defense. So they got nine guys in rotation, and that's it. Emmanuel quickly definitely stepped up the other day because Jalen Brunson was out, and they yeah. won in overtime in Boston. Yeah. So they they are they have been playing very very well yeah. and I think they're a scary force to deal with they, in the first round I think of the playoffs. It, I think this this run is definitely sustainable. They're winning it, at it home. Doesn't, it doesn't look. They like, don't. They didn't win at home, but they're winning home. It doesn't look like this is a. Um, a the reason I went hard on them in twenty twenty one is because their run, in my opinion, that year was unsustainable. Of course it wasn't, like, but nobody expected much, them to do yeah, that. This nobody. Year, this year they're really distinguishing themselves. From a lot of teams. It's Jalen Brunson. Jaylen it's the pickup of Josh Hart. Jalen Brunson might be underpaid. Julius man. Randle's game's definitely, definitely elevated. It's just the knock on him is the playoffs. We'll have to wait and see what the playoffs look like for they him. Are, they, are, they are a legit, really good, scary matchup for any team in the East. In the first in, round. And right now, they're April. in the fifth position. So they'd be playing the fourth team. So I don't know who that is. Basically, that's what? One, two, three, four. I don't know. If it's, it's, it's Milwaukee. Boston, Philly, 
I don't know who the fourth team would be in that yeah, instance, but, but whoever that is, they're gonna have, they're gonna be. It's gonna be a hard. They're not gonna be an easy out. Yeah, they're gonna be a very very hard team. Respect and yeah. the summertime, they're gonna get somebody. Well, they will because the, they free, agent, pay, the they, free agents they, there they gotta pay Toppin. They gotta pay quickly. So I'd say save that cap space for them. Uh, we'll on. see. Okay, yeah. um, that's your, my question. Do you? Okay. Yep. Is the John Morant gun issue a distraction for the Memphis Grizzlies? It's the John Morant everything issue. The question should be, is the John Morant everything issue a distraction for the Memphis Grizzlies? And of course it is. This dude, I don't know what's quite what is going through this guy's head, but he's got a $200 million contract waiting for him, and he thinks he's hood. Why? Why are you pretending that you're something that you're not? Because you ain't hood. You're not gangster. Stop trying to do this. And the whole gun thing is just so ridiculous to me. Because you are lucky that there were that there wasn't enough evidence to charge you with a crime. Because it, it's, it's, it would have been... It, it, the police weren't able to uh, identify whose gun it was. So thank, you better be thanking your lucky stars. But you might be suspended for the rest of the season. Was it really worth it to act all hood with all the stuff around pointing a gun at Indiana, okay. um, at, at Indiana staffers, okay, okay. like fighting with a 12-year-old, right, right. and now this? Okay. Come on, man. Now you might miss their playoff run. So he probably will. Now, they're saying indefinite, but by all accounts, I don't think it's – I'm not sure – and I don't want to speak ahead of myself to think that Adam Silver hasn't come out and necessarily speak about this, and he hasn't. But by all accounts, they're looking at 50 games. So that's that's it. That's it. And, well, season. that's it for the season. That's it for the playoffs. That's going to be spilling into next season. Okay. Jesus. So I agree. There's been memes out there from like there's a, the you know the eight mile scene where you know Eminem's rapping going. Yeah. I know you. You're from. So we know John Morant's not hood, but for yeah. some reason. And, and this speaks to a larger issue, I think, with the Memphis Grizzlies because they don't have a lot of veterans. I guess reportedly um, Stephen Adams had kind of had discussions with all the players saying that they were in Denver, they lost in Denver, and that's where the guy John Moran posted that video. He's yeah. in Denver. He went out that night. Shouldn't have. I don't know. You're a basketball player. Talent's not enough. He's a talented dude. Yeah. He's not that much older than you are. He's 23 years old. 23. Talented dude, but talent's not enough. You can't be riding with people. You can't have entourage that are yes men. You got to be determined to be. You're the face of the NBA. Like it's moved to that. It's not Zion because Zion doesn't play. Like you know, by all accounts, I think there's been so countless opportunities to say Zion, you take the, you take the, you take the mantle. Oh, you're not. You're in street clothes. You're always injured. So forget it. Ja, this guy. This guy should be the next face, but I don't know what's going on, and so I don't know what's going to happen here. Go talk to Gilbert Arenas. You want to talk to somebody who's walking around with a gun? Go talk to him because clearly the rule stated no walk around. The only person I need to I need to um, uh, cite as talent not being enough to win an NBA championship is Allen Iverson. Like, come on, he had that talent. He yeah, had the natural talent. I just think with and Morant, he, did, he couldn't do it. I just, it's the most ridiculous situation. He, I don't know if it's him being influenced as as a black guy, Who knows? seeing all of that in Who media. Who knows? Or, hey, you're a basketball or the, player. Or, or the people he's hung out with. I don't know. Or like, it's certainly not his circumstances that he's grown up in. Look, because by all accounts, he grew up middle class. No, this is stop it. This is not someone who. 
force him to do anything. He just decided to post this video, and it's a moronic thing to do. He's a young kid, and like I said, talent can only take you I, so far. Honestly, I hope he's suspended for 50 games. I hope. I, it might. I hope he's probably even suspended for more, because that actually might be the wake-up call to drill it through his skull and say, hey, stop it. You've got an opportunity to be the face of this league. I just think he doesn't have enough enough guys around him who are veterans who could sort of take him under the wing. He's got a lot of young kids around him, like Dylan Brooks, Dylan who's Brooks a hothead. Dylan Brooks is so a thug. I just Dylan think, Bro- I just D- think D- he doesn't have that help around Dylan him. Dylan Brooks is a loser. All right, next question. Dylan Brooks is a light-skinned Patrick Beverly. All right, all right. Next question yeah, to you. On. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which college basketball team has, has more to prove making March Madness? Duke or North Carolina? So both teams have been sort of... So which... Which team has more to prove? Duke. Both teams are in the same state, so... Duke. Duke. Can you do it without K? Can you do it without Coach Krzyzewski? Because the, that, by all accounts, over the past, what, almost damn near, damn near 20 years, that program's been built around him. Mm-hmm. That he's been the draw for that program. Of course. He's a recruiting draw. So, now, can you do it without him? Because not, UNC, yeah. UNC has always been sort of very consistent with how they yeah, how they, they haven't do their they thing. haven't been so good this year at all. Yeah. They're not ranked. They're but, actually barely yeah. above five hundred. Yeah, with how with how they do their recruiting, but Duke's always been expected. Like they're the they're the team that when they don't show up, everyone's like, "Wait, what?" It's more of a surprise that they didn't show up. So can you do it without you yeah, the figurehead that retired? So, in my opinion, Duke has more to prove. I'm going to say UNC just because Roy Williams left a year before Mike Krzyzewski and Hubert Davis was the coach last season. And I think that, you know, because of the departure of certain players, etc., I don't, I think it's harder. But I think you both, again, both teams are dealing with transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cryer is currently the coach of Duke, former player, who took over for Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, you know the expectations have always been there for them. I I really think it's 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 more about North Carolina than it is Duke because North Carolina actually you know got very far last season yeah. and got more Carolina almost yeah. won. They didn't win. They almost won. Mm-hmm. So you know there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation to get back to where they got to. Yeah, and we won't know until March Madness officially kicks off. On side notes. Patrick Ewing just got fired as Georgetown yeah. coach. Now there's rumors that Rick Pitino is going to leave Iona <laughs> and float over to Georgetown because he wants one more crack at it. And now the opportunity's there for him. St. John's is going to fire their coach, so who knows? You know whether the big coach wants to come in. Jim Beheim just yeah. is going to re- retire at the end of the season. He's been doing it at Syracuse for nearly 50 years. So these are the sort of old relics of sort of like the Big East. Being the Big East back in the 80s was a powerhouse and is no longer. So, something to consider. All right, moving on. Bigger win for the Edmonton Oilers or bigger loss for the Bruins? I'm going to say a uh, bigger win for the Edmonton Oilers because in that game they they did show quite a bit of offensive depth, which is what they have lacked over the past couple seasons. Even with uh, your new, uh, by all accounts, your new Gretzky and Messier in uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. You, you, they've been lacking in terms of depth and offensive, um, offensive production on all four lines. Yeah. And they got that in this game. They got that in this game. Even with uh, the fact that they traded away their former 
franchise um, franchise complement to McDavid in Jesse Poyarvi away at the deadline, they look decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that sustainable in the playoffs? We'll have to wait and see. Um, a lot of things are going to have to go right for Edmonton. Uh, the backup goalie situation doesn't look too great. Um, I They may have to burn out Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so a lot of things have to go right. Um, for the Bruins, it's another Sunday. I think they'll they'll move on. They'll keep they'll keep going. Yeah, I think I I agree. I think it was I I think the fact that it wasn't McDavid who actually had, was even remotely scoring a goal and other people were doing it gives Edmonton some confidence. Uh, they need the confidence because they've been and and now again it's the regular season. I don't think any I think everybody's just waiting. Let's mm-hmm. let's get the playoffs started. Um, and look, Boston's on a on, on a tear. You know they're t- they're on a tear to break records during regular season, but again, well, it's all about people. Play- it's all about playoffs. It's all about the playoffs in hockey, and it's all about I mean, where your position. Well, and, and it's going to be a it's a that's a long, it's a very large, big hill to climb. There's so many other teams with stuff to prove heading into the playoffs. Um, Tampa Bay's been struggling. Can they actually still remain at the top uh, at the top in, in the Atlantic Division? Uh, you, oh, or in the in the South. Uh, if you think about um, the Leafs, for five straight years they've lost in the first round with this core. They haven't been able to get past the win four games in the playoffs with Matthews, Marner, and e- Tavares at points. Can they even do that? Yeah. Um, they and they traded for Ryan O'Reilly at the deadline. Can can they manage to win four games in the playoffs? And save Kyle Dubas's job as GM. So there's so many other teams with stuff. I mean, teams are going all in as well. Yeah, our Rangers are going all in. Yeah. So there's stuff. There's teams with chips on their shoulders heading into this April. Yeah, I just think it's you know, oh, it's all about the short series. And more importantly, you know, yes, the other issue is just health. If a major, you know, if they start suffer, if Bruins start suffering injuries particularly closer to when the playoffs start, that could just change everything. That won't the regular season won't matter if they if they have injuries going into the playoffs. So, well, an interesting thing I discovered about the Bruins is that they were able to make the moves at the deadline um, necessary is because uh, two key pieces to their to their run right now, um, one of them being Taylor Hall, are injured and are on long term injured reserve, which means in the NHL their contracts don't count towards the salary cap. Um, but in the playoffs, if they're reactivated in the playoffs, that cap doesn't count. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay notoriously did this in their back-to-back Stanley Cup season, where they won, they where they repeated as Stanley Cup champions, and a lot of teams hated it. Um, but it wasn't changed; it hasn't been fixed in the off season. So a lot of other teams have been abusing Robita Island. So um, if Boston can get Hall back, they they might be in better position for a deep. Cup run because you get a legit second line scorer in Taylor Hall for your offense, and that's ridiculous. Yep. So, well, uh, let's um, wrap up this show. We're getting to the end of it. Yeah. Uh, one happy birthday to Clint Dempsey. One of the turns best, forty. One of the best U.S. players ever to play internationally too. Played uh, with played, Fulham. Played with Fulham. Played with Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham. Yep. Had some really had the most goals of any kind of any U.S. player playing overseas. Scoring that many goals, obviously the had the famous goal against uh, England in the 2010 World Cup, where USA won one all. Mm-hmm. 
But that's a well, well, not one, but you get the you get the joke there. Yeah, and also played with the MLS, played with the New England Seattle Sounders Revolution to start with, and then finished up with the Sounders. Yeah, where uh, a little funny story about that in uh, in the Cascadia Cup uh, against uh, the against the Timbers in one of those games, uh, he was fed up with a call by a ref, and he took that ref's notebook and ripped it up, and he was subsequently banned. For three years from the cup, he's now back in it. But oh, it's yeah. a little too late for that. No, but that, was, that was hilarious. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, big shout out to the Regent Sports Club that we went sports to. Bar. Sports bar, sports club, uh, yeah. showing events, UFC, our NRL. Uh, we really appreciate it. They have UFC two eight six coming up very soon. Mm, Leon really Edwards, Kamaru Usman. We're going to be covering that on this podcast. Yep. Can Rocky win the trilogy? That'd be huge if he does. Uh, if you come from any other platform, if you come from our Super Bowl stream, welcome. welcome. We do this thing once a week. Uh, as as I just said, UFC 286 is coming up. We're going to be covering that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the playoffs for NBA and NHL are fast approaching. They're coming. MLB is also fast approaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might well talk about the World Baseball Classic that's no. going on right now. Boy. It's what? What? boring. Australia just beat South Korea. What are you talking about? No, it's more baseball, but it's boring. Um, For me, it is. (laughs) All right. All right. We'll see you next week. Ciao.